Looking at the opening verses of this chapter, we watched as Solomon spoke of a rule that governs the life of every individual. It matters not who they are. And that rule consisted of this, that in every person's life there will be seasons of change. There will be good days, there will be bad days, there will be enjoyable days, there will be unenjoyable days. Life is going to remain in a constant state of change, and so we have to learn to accept the, the bad with the good, the unpleasant with the pleasant, and we have to recognize that no matter what season of life we're in, at some point it will be different. Then last week we watched as Solomon wrote in verse number 9 down through verse number 13 about how God has established in the hearts of all men and women this idea, not an understanding, but the idea of eternity. We cannot begin to understand that. And he said that we have this idea and we have this awareness of eternity so that we are incapable of understanding who God is. If we could understand eternity, then we could understand God, and then that would not make God very impressive. So though we have this awareness of this thing called eternity, we cannot understand God. But what Solomon said is this, is that he is making all things beautiful in his time. And so what Solomon was conveying is, is in this large canvas of life, as God is working from eternity past to eternity future, we basically are a part of that picture. We are a part of that puzzle, and we play a small role in the big, beautiful picture that God is creating. And I said last week, sometimes we struggle with that piece that we play or that part that we play in the puzzle, and that is true, is it not? Sometimes we think we're being overlooked. Sometimes we think we're being passed over. Sometimes we don't like the part that we've been called upon to play. But we have to remember that he is making a beautiful picture. He is doing something fantastic. He will do it in his time, and we need to be glad for the part that we're allowed to play. That in mind, this morning I want us to think about just a couple of things. Hopefully this will makes sense in a few moments, but I, I want us to think about some kind of an institution or some kind of an organization. It may be a school, it could be a place of work, it could be a place like our church, a place of worship. It, it could be any number of things, but I want us to think about this thought in relation to that institution, whatever it may be, and that is this, is that there is an order of authority in that institution. So whether it be a place of work, a place of worship, a place of education, whatever it is, there is a structure of authority in that institution. And that authority must be present because without it, there will eventually be chaos. You would agree with that, right? If you leave a bunch of children to themselves, at some point, if there is no structure of authority, there will be chaos with those kids. If you go to a place of work where there is no authority, where everyone is able to do whatever they want to do, at some point, that will produce chaos in the work environment. I can promise you this, if in a church life there is no structure of authority, there is no kind of a place to give an answer to, at some point there will be chaos even in that church because here is what happens with all of us when there is no authority, 
we're probably more times than not going to do things that aren't that helpful, but rather engage in things that are hurtful or destructive in nature. And while it seems fun at first, here's what any honest person would admit. Chaos gets old after a while. So you take kids who are in a chaotic environment. It may seem fun for a while, but I promise you that gets old after a while. And if you find a work environment where there are no rules and there is no structure, everybody may love it for a little bit, but that will get old quick. And it would be true in a church and any place else. And so authority is necessary and authority is required in order for there to be order in that institution. Now, having said that, I want us to think about this truth. Again, we all know this to be so, but I want us to think about this, that with any institution where there is a structure of authority which is needed, there has to be an ultimate source of authority where people know that it doesn't go any higher than this. The school children need to know that they have this authority figure over them and there is this authority figure over them. But there has to be an understanding that there is an eventual top to this authority. There is an ultimate head of the authority and they need to know who that authority is and they need to have a right attitude toward that authority. In a work environment, the employees need to know that there is this structure of authority that I answer to, but ultimately they need to know that the orders come from here and I won't go any higher than that. And again, any place you want to talk about this, any place that you want to think about this, that needs to be so. And again, the attitude of those involved in that institution need to have a right attitude and a right spirit and a right approach to the one in authority. They can have a wonderful relationship with that authority, but they need to always remember who the authority is and what the authority stands for. One last thing and then we'll move on. A person can recognize a structure of authority, but they do not have to submit to it. You understand that, right? They can recognize a structure of authority, but they do not have to submit to it. But they will make their lives miserable. They will. You take the student who does not want to submit to the authority structure in their life, they can rebel all they want, but in the end it will be them who is most frustrated in the whole situation. An employee can decide, you know what, I understand who my supervisor is. I understand who the lead is. I understand who the boss is. And I'm not going to submit. Okay, you can have that position for your life and you can take that approach to your place of employment. But I'm just telling you, the one who will be most frustrated in the end of all this is you, the employee. The structure of authority must be in place and it is there to avoid chaos. You can reject the authority if you like, but it will only frustrate yourself rather than the one who is in authority. Now, why do I say that? Well, this morning I want us to think about this truth. Just as God placed in the heart and mind of men this idea and this awareness of eternity, 
God also placed in the heart and mind of men the awareness of God. Men and women are born with an awareness that there is someone greater than themselves, someone that they cannot see or someone that they cannot personally touch. We know this to be true, do we not? I mentioned it last week, and I just want to touch on this again very quickly, that you go to these foreign lands and you go into these areas where people have never had contact with the outside world, so to speak. They've never had contact with normal socialized people. They have never been educated or whatever you would like to refer to it as, and yet they still have an awareness that something greater than themselves exists that deserves some kind of worship or some kind of honor in their own personal lives. Now, as that is so, I want us to look in just one verse this morning. We're not going to be here a real long time. I just want us to look in one verse, though. And here's what Solomon said in verse number 14. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear him. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. Now think about this. Solomon knew who God was. Not just in his heart that there was one greater than him, but Solomon, because of his father David, and because of the religious influences they had in their lives, because they were Jews, Solomon knew who Jehovah God was. All right, so here is Solomon, and he knows who God is. He knows who Jehovah is, and here is what he said of God. He said, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Now, what does it mean whenever he says, whatsoever God doeth? It means this, that Solomon recognized that God does things, God produces things, God accomplishes things in the lives of men and women. Okay, Solomon is saying that God is actively involved in the lives of men and women, that God plays a role in the lives of men and women. God is not detached from the affairs of this life. So if it is the idea of governing rules in the lives of individuals, that is something that God has done. If it's this big picture that we all play a part in, that God is making beautiful in His time, that is the result of what God has done, what God has accomplished. And so here is Solomon, he says, I know that whatsoever God does, whatever He accomplishes, whatever He produces, whatever He puts His hand to, whatever He does, it shall be forever. What does it mean for something to be forever? It means this, for it to be eternal, for it to be unending. It means to be perpetual. So here Solomon is saying that whatever God does, it is forever, it is unending, it is eternal and perpetual. And he said in verse 14, nothing can be put to it nor anything taken from it. Solomon, what do you mean by that? Solomon would say this. I simply mean that you're not going to add anything or take anything away from what God has already accomplished. 
When God does something, guess what it is? It is now unalterable. You're not going to change what God has established, what God has produced, or what God has put in place. So here is God, and He puts this rule in place that governs the life of every individual. Well, guess what? You're not going to change it. Well, I don't like the rules. Well, it doesn't matter. God is not going to be changed because your lack of acceptance of what God has put in place. God has this big, wonderful picture that He is making beautiful in His own time. Well, I don't like that. Well, guess what, Solomon would say? You're not going to change it. When God does something, when God accomplishes something, when God produces something, it is unalterable. You're not going to add to it. You're not going to take away from it. And he said this, Solomon did, and God doeth it, or God does this, that men should fear before him. What does it mean to fear before him? It means this, to stand in awe of God. There is a reason that God has exercised or accomplished or done what he has done in this world. And there is a reason why in this order of authority, God has made his word and his works and his accomplishments unalterable. He has done that so that men and women might recognize who God is and fear him and have a right attitude and a right spirit toward him. Does this make sense? So there is a reason why in this world God does things that will not be changed. And that is so that men might recognize who God is and respond appropriately. Because if men and women choose not to respond appropriately, what will you have? You'll have chaos. Solomon says that when God does something, it's forever, it is unalterable. When God does something, he has established his authority in that area of life. And he has done this so that men and women might properly respond to him. And if God had not done this, then what we would have produced in this world would be nothing but chaos. And what does chaos eventually produce? Well, it eventually produces frustration on the part of the one who is involved in the chaos. So without this awareness of God's unalterable authority in the lives of men and women, if men and women don't accept that authority in their lives, though God has established it to try to help them understand their need for a fear of him, it will hurt them worse than it could ever hurt the one in the position of authority. Now, one more thing, and then we'll move on. Again, we're not going to be here a long time this morning, so just be patient in this. Solomon said in verse number 14, I know. I know that whatsoever God doeth. What does it mean whenever Solomon says, I know? It means this, to recognize or to understand something. To recognize or to understand something. 
Think about Solomon's life and what we've read in these first couple of chapters. Solomon's been very clear. He's been very honest about his desire to live outside of God's authority in his life. You remember those sermons at all? He was going to pursue pleasure. He was going to pursue the things of this world. He was going to build great houses. He was going to build the vineyards. He was going to acquire the wealth of this world. And as all of this took place and as all of this happened, he found himself where he said this is all vanity and vexation of spirit. And what profit is there to any of this? See, there was a time in Solomon's life where without doubt and without question, he chose not to recognize the authority of God in his life. God had rules that were in place that governed every man's life. God had a bigger picture that he was working on and everybody played a part in it. And there was this time in Solomon's life where he wanted to reject that and he wanted to stand in opposition to it. He wanted to refuse God's authority. He wanted to run from God's authority. And there finally came a point in Solomon's life when he was miserable, when he was frustrated, whenever he was declaring that he hated life. There came this point in Solomon's life where he said, I get this now. I recognize it. I understand this. I know this to be true, that when God does something, He does not allow it to be altered by men or women, and He has established that authority so that we might recognize the need to fear Him. See, here's what Solomon's rebellion had produced in his own life. It had produced a sense of chaos and turmoil which led to frustration and misery. That's why he hated life. So here is Solomon in this progression of days and weeks and months and years coming to this awareness. You don't change who God is. You don't change what God does. You don't change what God has established and what God has set in place. You don't change that. And when we know that, we begin to fear Him. We begin to respect Him. We begin to reverence Him. We begin to honor Him. And when the relationship of the one who is subject to the authority... When the attitude of that individual begins to be made right with the one in authority, then the relationship begins to become what the relationship was intended to be. But until it's recognized, until it's known, the fear is not there, which means the actions are not what they're supposed to be which means the chaos and the frustration eventually comes. Now this morning, you know this as well as I do, that God's rules have not changed. So what that means then is this, that everyone in our culture today, everyone in our society today, every one of them, whether they admit it or not, there is an awareness in their heart and mind that they cannot deny 
that there is a greater being out there than themselves. I don't care how strong the person believes they are an atheist, there are still doubts and there are still questions that they wrestle with and cannot answer. There is no such thing as an honest atheist. Because God has placed in the heart and minds of individuals an awareness that someone greater than themselves exists. But you and I know this as well. That our world as a whole, and certainly our society here in America as a whole, here's what they have wanted to do. They have wanted to rebel against the unalterable word of God. That's the culture we live in. God exists, there's an awareness of that in their heart, but they want to reject that. And so what they have determined is this, is they are going to go live according to their rules, and what they fail to understand is that whenever God does something, you will not alter it no matter who you are. And the reason that he has established that ultimate authority in the lives of men and women is so that hopefully one day those men and women who have been rebelling against God will recognize and know that what God does is unalterable so that it might one day change their attitude and their approach to God. But until they are willing to change their attitude toward God, you know what will be produced in their lives? Chaos. Of all sorts. Chaos. Of all natures. Because no one in any setting, in any environment, no one can live outside of the authority in their life and it produce anything but chaos and frustration in their lives. And so what happens is, is when rebels begin to understand who God is and God's authority, as they begin to recognize this and as they begin to be made aware of it, as it begins to change them, as it begins to, to alter their opinion and their attitude and their approach toward God, you know what it tends to start doing, oddly enough? Bringing about a sense of order and calm to their lives. Because God's works are established and what God produces will not be altered now having said that Solomon knew who God was Solomon knew who the true God was Solomon was highly aware of who God was and yet he still tried to live outside of the authority of God in his life and it produced the chaos and the frustration and the misery that he knew for years. Now this morning I want to just present this thought, and I hope we'll consider it. I want us to consider this thought, that you and I can know who God is. We can know Him in truth. We can know Him with accuracy. According to how the Word of God portrays God and 
and describes Him and who He is, we can know God accurately. But it does not mean that you and I have truly come to recognize His unalterable authority in our lives. Do you know what I mean whenever I say that? We can answer all the Bible questions that someone may throw at us. We can look so educated, we can look so informed, we can appear to be so grounded, we can give off the perception that we're so established in our spiritual lives, we can do all of that, and yet in our own personal lives, we can somehow start to think that we're not subject to God's unalterable word. And we can rebel against that authority that he's placed in our lives. That authority has been revealed to us so that we might fear him, reverence him, honor him as we ought. But like anyone else in any other institution or in any other relationship, we can rebel against that authority. And if we rebel against the authority of God, you know what it's going to produce in our lives? Chaos and turmoil and frustration. This morning I'd ask you to answer this question. If life is in a constant state of change, and it is, are we going to know difficult days? Well, of course we are. Are we going to know frustrating days? Are we going to know disappointing days? Of course we are. Are there going to be days that we just want to hurry up and get through and seasons that we want to just as quickly as possible get past? Of course there will be seasons like that. But I think sometimes we fail to admit this truth. That sometimes the frustrations that we're dealing with And sometimes the chaos that is present in our lives is not because the season that God brought us to, but because it's the result of our unwillingness to accept God's unalterable authority in our lives. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, I'll just illustrate it very quickly and then we'll be done. When I'm honest, here's what I know of myself. There have been days of frustration, there have been days of disappointment, and there have been difficult days that I did not enjoy, not because I live in a world that is filled with sin and that's the consequence of it, But there have been days that they have been difficult and hard and unenjoyable because God had already established his authority and I didn't want to recognize it. God already said it. But I wanted to add to it or take from it. And Solomon said it doesn't work that way. God has established his authority so that we recognize who God is 
and so that we might have a right attitude and approach to him. I'm just saying I know for myself there have been plenty of circumstances that I have had to deal with that were frustrating and that brought misery in my life, and it wasn't because of the season of life, but it was because I wanted to say, no, God, I'm going to live according to my rules and rebel against your authority. And sometimes I think we as God's people, when the difficult times come, I think sometimes we need to not be so quick to blame Satan. Sometimes we don't need to be so quick to write it off as, well, everyone has bad days. I think sometimes we would do ourselves a favor if we would ask this question, did I bring this on myself? Did my disobedience produce this? Because most of us are not as pure in our Christian lives as we'd like to think we are. Most of us are not as submissive to the will of God in our lives as we'd like to think we are. And so a lot of times it's possible that the frustration that's been created and the chaos that we're dealing with, it is because we tried to alter what God's Word had already established. And I just ask you to consider, when the seasons or when the times of life are frustrating, ask yourself, is this one of those normal cycles of life, or have I brought this on myself because I did not fear Him, because I tried to alter what he's already done. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, we come to you this morning. I pray that you would help us. Lord, I don't know if anybody is going through a tough time. I don't know if anyone is going through a difficult circumstance. I have no idea. But God, I pray that you'd help us today to recognize your authority, that we would recognize why you have established your authority. Lord, would you help us today to realize that though we have the, the right and the freedom to rebel against it, there will be chaos and there will be turmoil in our lives because of it. And would you help us today to, to finally recognize and to understand that what you do will not be altered by us no matter how hard we work against your word. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.